This past election cycle was deemed the year of the woman, and we're here with one of the country's new female congressional members. Coming up, we'll be speaking with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi. From the nation's capital, this is Use Your Voice with Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America. Here's your host, Penny Nance. This is Penny Nance, and I'm excited to join you all for the first Use Your Voice episode of 2019. Happy New Year, everyone. We're halfway through President Trump's first term. The 116th Congress just began, and it's Concerned Women for America's 40th anniversary. 2019 is a big year for Concerned Women for America. Today we're talking about the idea of the Year of the Woman, which was first coined in 1992 when a flood of women were elected to Congress. Almost 30 years later, this past election cycle again, we had a record-breaking number of female candidates across the ballot, governorships, U.S. House of Representatives, and the U.S. Senate. Currently, there are 127 women serving in Congress, as well as many more on the state level. But not every woman is being celebrated equally. Just like the quote from Animal Farm, all the animals are equal, but some animals are more equal than others. News article after news article and magazine covers are replete with liberal women. Unfortunately, conservative women tend to be ignored. Concerned Women for America, however, is here to celebrate these amazing conservative women. In today's broadcast, you'll hear from Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith. I was fortunate to recently catch up with her in her Senate office. Take a listen. We're here with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith from the great state of Mississippi. And we just want to be here to congratulate you, Senator. This is the first time since your election that you and I have had a chance to sit down. And we're here actually in her Senate office. So welcome to Use Your Voice. Well, thank you, Penny, very much. And truly thank you for coming to Mississippi, for getting on the bus and helping us campaign. You know, when positive women... They team up with other positive women. Good things happen, right. and you are so good at what you do. Oh, you that's really so nice. are, and I mean, just a genuine and uh, the concern that truly is there. The name is very appropriate because you do care about women, and thank you for caring about this one. Well, and I do, and I. How could I not? I mean, you and I met in just the throes of the chaos of the Kavanaugh battle. And so, I, you know, I want to start out just this conversation. First, this was your first big national battle on Brett Kavanaugh. Take us back to that and tell us from your perspective how you experienced that and what that was like for you as a brand new senator and a woman from the great state of Mississippi. Well, it certainly was not what I was expecting. <laughs> you know, I thought confirmation, sure, we're going to have hearings. And then when the uh, 11th hour bomb was dropped and, you know, it started getting legs and it started growing and people were talking about it and then it became the national story that it became. I, uh, I did not expect it to go there. But I, uh, like I said, I was brand new and, you know, I was the first female that took to the Senate floor to defend Brett Kavanaugh. I was the first female to do that. You were very brave. And certainly, and it was before the last FBI report was read or we had access to it. But, you know, I just felt very compelled to go to his defense. You know, with the record as strong as his record, 
with the qualifications that he had, with meeting him in person and visiting with him, you know, he needed a woman to stand up. And, you know, what if that had been my son? Mm-hmm. What about that had been my brother, my husband, my nephew? And that's kind of the approach that I looked at that. We've got this great candidate. The president has brought him forward. And if we let someone come in and undermine the credibility of this gentleman, shame on us. That's right. I completely agreed with you on that point. And fast forward, they did a seventh FBI investigation. I know you can't specifically talk about that, but just in general, you know, tell me how you felt and whatever you can say about that. Well, you know, we all the senators, we got in there together in a very secure room where we have our most secure briefings. And uh, I had the opportunity to sit beside Susan Collins and we went over the report together. And it was just very clear, very obvious that, um, you know, we needed to confirm mm-hmm. the Supreme Court justice. And it's a really a time when Susan and I pretty much bonded as well, mm-hmm. because after that she did her floor speech that was so phenomenal. I just think people will be watching that and researching that speech for years to come. And, uh, you know, I sat with her on the floor as she gave that speech. I felt like she needed that support Mm -hmm. to be there. Because from Mississippi, you know, we're extremely conservative. We are, um, as I tell Mr. the President, I said, Mr. President, you're in the buckle of the Bible belt right here. (laughs) And, uh, you know, it's pretty easy to step up and express your faith and your convictions. But in some states, you know, that it's not as conservative as as our state, it is very difficult. And you have to be very brave to Mm -hmm. jump out there on a position that, um, you know, from a Republican president. But um, it was easy for me to do because I knew it was the right thing for me Mm -hmm. to do. But just to think, my first few months here, and my colleagues were looking at me saying, Cindy, we have never been through anything like this before. And uh, so we got our feet wet pretty quickly. That's right. I, I say about that time, I think a lot will be written and studied on that. Um, what to do, I think it will also be a lesson for the left and not what not to do. But I felt like I had the perch to the sidelines of history. You know, and I haven't felt that way very often on occasion, but never like that. And so I think you and I both really observe something that we'll be telling our grandchildren and hopefully great-grandchildren about someday. I totally agree because it is such a serious offense, sexual assault is, and to be accused of something like that, have your evidence be prepared, and that wasn't the case Mm -hmm. there. So... um, yeah, you know, I, uh, I really respect Justice Kavanaugh. I've been over to the Supreme Court Justice Building. Uh, he was not in, but I got to tour mm-hmm. over there. And uh, it's just a phenomenal process. But hopefully we will continue to have good people to offer themselves for mm-hmm. positions such as that because he was confirmed. Right. That was that was essential. That was essential for us to be able to have conservatives that are willing to put themselves out there because it can't simply be that you make something up and then there's no corroboration of the story, something's alleged, and you're on your own. No one stands up for you. Um, congratulations on being the first woman to, that has been elected from the state of Mississippi to statewide office and to the Senate. Tell me a little bit about, you know, 
how that feels and what this means for you, what this means for your family. Well, it is pretty special. I tell you, Penny, the most special moments is when I have young adolescent girls, teenage girls to come and they say, now I know I can do it. You know, it, uh, it's been pretty easy for me. I ran for the state senate in 1999. There had never been a female that ran from that district, you know. I was the first female commissioner of agriculture statewide. But it really has not been that big of an issue for me as I want to be the first woman. It, uh, you know, I just want to see Mississippi prosper. I want to see the country prosper. But to other people that uh, they are intimidated by many things that are male-dominated, to think that I might would give them some encouragement or some confidence, that's worth every bit of it. There's 127 women now serving in Congress, and there was a lot said about this being the year of the woman. Of course, I'm old enough to remember, and you are too, 1992, when it was supposed to be the year of the woman that year. And, you know, things, there's ebbs and flows, certainly, and we want more women in the process. But I believe, and I don't know how you, I'd love to hear what you think about this, that the mainstream media, I think, gives a short shift to conservative women. They love to talk about specifically liberal women that are elected, but you and Marsha Blackburn, Marsha's also a historic win, first woman from the state of Tennessee to go to statewide office. I haven't seen you on the cover of any magazines. Vanity Fair doesn't seem to be that interested in the story. How do you feel about that? Do you feel like there's a, a disconnect there? I really do in national publicity, national publications, because uh, when you're conservative, you know, something just changes there, you know, when it comes to print, when it comes to the exposure. And uh, when I was elected, you know, that made six Republican females, or when I was appointed, actually, there were six Republican females. And even after I was elected, I said, you know, we could all get in a Toyota Corolla. You know, I want to go to a Suburban. I want to go to something big. But to think that I was number six. Mm-hmm. So um, it was, it's, pretty amazing that there's such few conservative females that Well, are and we need to encourage that. In fact, I was having a conversation today with a young woman who's planning to run for Congress. She's uh, under 30. I said, I think this is an opportunity. I think things have shifted. I don't care for Ocasio-Cortez's politics, but for young women, perhaps then, you know, there's an opportunity there where she sort of shifted the conversation about experience, although I think experience is very important. She's very bright, very conservative. In fact, she was one of our Young Women for America college chapter presidents. And we have 42 of those now. in all over the country and those are growing and that I'm hoping this is the future right out these young women are leaders and they're very educated in biblical worldview constitutional principles free market principles we made sure of that and she will do a great job but I was just wondering for other young women you were talking about you know teenagers that are that are talking to you but even young women who are really thinking that maybe Maybe they're ready. Maybe they want to run. What, what advice would you have for them? Well, I think that uh, especially women who are elected need to be very conscious of the uh, potentials around them because until you make that phone call or until you're, you know, in a meeting with them and say, have you ever thought about running for public office? You know, you need to plant that seed, but follow up with the encouragement when you truly feel that it is someone who has a lot to offer 
And uh, that means so much, especially to someone young that who may be intimidated by many things. But uh, women are tenacious. They're creative. Women are hard workers. And, uh, you know, I've, I've told many people that I've served with in the state Senate and in here, you just better hope you know to get a strong woman to get after you because you're going to have your hands full. <laughs> because, you know, women, they tend to complete tasks. Mm -hmm. They uh, start out and they normally finish strong. And, you know, I, I love to see women getting involved because for so long the political world has been a man's world. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, but we're busy. We're busy raising babies, mm -hmm. being wives, and uh, so many mm -hmm. careers that a lot of people don't think that, you know, maybe there is a place in public office for me. And as I tell folks all the time, you can be an attorney, you can be in a banker, and you can be a legislator as well. So don't just cap yourself on what your chosen profession is because usually that's what makes a really good legislator is someone that has a background and a field that they have things they can bring to the table, whether it's agriculture, whether it's education, whether it's medicine, whatever that is. So, uh, you know, no, the opportunity is always there. That's so true. I, I, I do, I've got so much going through my head as I'm listening to you. One thing is, you know, women are so accomplished today. We own a third of small businesses. We employ about 8 million people. We raise about $1.4 trillion in revenue for, from our businesses. And it's time. We are celebrating in 2019 the 100th anniversary of the 19th Amendment. I mean, that's just amazing. Women have had the right to vote for a hundred years now. And I am really hoping, and I was one of the reasons I was so encouraged by you and was so drawn to you was your courage of conviction and just your, your tenacity um, in leadership. And I'm hoping there'll be more conservative women in 2019, women who are pro-life like us, women who believe in family and marriage that are willing to step forward and lead. Like I said, I want to encourage those who are interested to really give them some positive feedback and uh, maybe plant that seed that they haven't thought of. You've been listening to my interview with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith from the great state of Mississippi. We'll be back with more in just a moment. Unique from day one. Unique from day one is the theme of the 2019 March for Life. Concerned Women for America, as always, is honored to participate in the world's largest pro-life event. The anniversary of Roe v. Wade will never be forgotten, and we make sure of it. Every year, hundreds of thousands of pro-life Americans gather from across the nation to commemorate that day. This year, we march for the more than 60 million lives that have been lost to legalized abortion. Will you join us this year on Friday, January 18th on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to March for Life? Go to ConcernedWomen.org to learn more, and we hope to have you join us. That's ConcernedWomen.org for more information. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. 
Hi, this is Annabelle Rutledge with Concerned Women for America, reminding you to tune into our new show, Use Your Voice, with our CEO and President, Penny Nance, every second Monday of the month at 8.30 a.m. From Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation process to life and international religious liberty, we bring you a Christian perspective from our headquarters here in the nation's capital. And each show, I'll highlight for you the most pressing issue that week. For more information, go to our website, concernedwomen.org. That's concernedwomen.org. Welcome back to Use Your Voice with Penny Young Nance, CEO and President of Concerned Women for America. You've been listening to a conversation that I had just a few days ago with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith from Mississippi in her office. Here's more. Tell me as, again, one of the few women And by the way, I'd love to hear about, I understand that you've been selected for an appropriations subcommittee chairmanship. Congratulations on that. Thank you very much. But I'd love to hear your priorities for this Congress and in the Senate. Now that you're here and you've been officially elected before you're an appointee, what what are you hoping this year to accomplish this in this particular Congress? And what can our listeners pray for you about? How can they help you and support you? Well, you know, one thing that is very important to me is prosperity. When we have a good economy, you know, everything goes better when someone has the dignity of a job. So uh, the lower taxes, the rolling back burdensome regulations, that is very important to me because, you know, our unemployment rate has been reduced. Mm -hmm. It has gone down. And I think we're going in a very good direction. But, uh, you know, when every piece of currency... With that's printed at the mint, uh, you know, it says, in God we trust. And I think we should definitely compound that. Mm-hmm. And I think not only are we being very fortunate to with the prosperity, but we're being blessed. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, we need to make sure that in any way I can express it, that this is God's will, this mm-hmm. isn't Cindy's will. And, uh, you know, God tells us that mm-hmm. he will heal our nation. But uh, I certainly think that we need to acknowledge the biblical, the um, foundation that this country was founded on. I think that it needs to be acknowledged, and uh, you don't see a lot of that at all. You're a pro-life woman, like Concerned Women for America members. You've been very clear about that. Um, One of the issues that recently has come up are the appropriations bills and the pro-life riders. And um, we fought for those over the years many times. And so what we've asked the president to do is to let Nancy Pelosi know that he will veto uh, any legislation that leaves off any of those hard-fought pro-life writers, like the Mexico City policy, which says that we will not spend U.S. money abroad for abortion. Or, you know, the Hyde Amendment that says that we can't use labor HHS appropriations for abortion. Um, do you have any thoughts about what you see in that on that front, on the life front in this Congress, now that we're in a divided Congress? Well, we've made so many strides there, and we certainly do not need to lose any ground. And, uh, you know, as long as I am in office, that will be my position, I assure you. And, uh, you know, now I was a lead sponsor along with 13 other senators that encouraged the Trump administration to move forward with a final rule that would ensure pro-life consumers enrolled are not subsidizing abortion services. And, you know, we sent a letter to 
Secretary Alex Azar expressing my support uh, for the HHS rule that, um, and it was titled Patient Protection and Affordable Care Act Exchange Program Integrity, but it would require policyholders to submit separate payments for basic insurance and additional coverage for abortion. It cannot be one lump. It had to be separated. And uh, so the letter was there that um, I had authored and got 13 other co-authors on the letter encouraging them to make sure none of those dollars were going to any underlying services. Well, and that's been a problem. I mean, people don't realize, and even though you know, we were promised that would not be the case, and we knew, we knew that that was not true, that Obamacare was going to fund abortion. And that's there's been this you know problem with that all along. So thank you for that. In fact, we'll put up on our website your letter so people can see yeah, what you did the there. The presence of the Hyde Amendment was there, but it's being twisted or circumvented. Mm-hmm. Right, and that's what happens also with Title X. You know, there's the devil's in the details, as they say. And so often with pieces of legislation, and the, the real issue is in the, the way the regulations are written. So it's all the more important to make sure people like you are, are you know, and your staff are paying attention and writing very tight legislation so that the other side can't get around it. But yeah, just follow what the amendment says. <laughs> That's right. You know, that is current law mm-hmm. and has been for a very long time. That's right. One last thing. I've been on your campaign bus. I, I was so privileged to have a day to come down to Mississippi and spin with you, and I got to watch you in action. You are a fierce campaigner. <laughs> you work so hard. And so I think there's a lesson there, too, for young women who want it, because it's not glamorous, right? To talk it's a not little for bit the about, faint of heart. Talk, talk a little bit about the reality of running for office, what that's really like. Well, first of all, it's, uh, it's physically you know, emotionally, a lot of challenges there physically and emotionally. It costs a lot of money. You have to get out and raise money. But, you know, you have to realize this country's worth fighting for, and it's worth my time. How else could I spend my time other than to make this a better place for my daughter and the other people who share this planet with us? Mm-hmm. And you do have a beautiful daughter. I was honored well, to get to meet her, too, a college student like my child. So, anyway... Cindy Hyde-Smith, it's an honor to have your back in this Congress and going forward. I can't wait to work alongside you and a deep, hearty congratulations on your historic win. Well, thank you so very much. It is truly an honor, no doubt. That's all the time we have today. To learn more about the issues we discussed today with Senator Cindy Hyde-Smith, come to our website at ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Until next time, use your voice. Thanks for listening. Use Your Voice is a ministry of Concerned Women for America, the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. For more information, visit ConcernedWomen.org. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Unique from day one. Unique from day one is the theme of the 2019 March for Life. Concerned Women for America, as always, is honored to participate in the world's largest pro-life event. The anniversary of Roe v. Wade will never be forgotten, and we make sure of it. Every year, hundreds of thousands of pro-life Americans gather from across the nation to commemorate that day. 
This year, we march for the more than 60 million lives that have been lost to legalized abortion. Will you join us this year on Friday, January 18th on the National Mall in Washington, D.C. to March for Life? Go to ConcernedWomen.org to learn more, and we hope to have you join us. That's ConcernedWomen.org for more information. Hey ladies, you're smart, passionate, and savvy. You care about your family and you care about our nation. That's why you should join Concerned Women for America. I'm Penny Nance, President and CEO of Concerned Women for America, and I pray you will visit ConcernedWomen.org to learn how you can add your voice to the largest public policy women's organization in the nation. That's ConcernedWomen.org. Hi, this is Annabelle Rutledge with Concerned Women for America, reminding you to tune into our new show, Use Your Voice, with our CEO and President, Penny Nance, every second Monday of the month at 8.30 a.m. From Judge Kavanaugh's confirmation process to life and international religious liberty, we bring you a Christian perspective from our headquarters here in the nation's capital. And each show, I'll highlight for you the most pressing issue that week. For more information, go to our website, concernedwomen.org. That's concernedwomen.org. Dot org.